Hey, everybody. Miss me? I hope you do, because it is time for a new episode on the You Can podcast. Listen, y'all. Um, episode three. I left y'all with a hanger. Okay, so if you ain't heard episode three, this episode fat. But if you ain't heard three, you want to go back and listen to episode three. Because this is continuation from the cliffhanger that I left y'all with. All right, let's get right into it. So that one is called, woo child dating. This one is called, for real, for real. Oh my gosh. Okay. I hope I remember that when I get out for here and I go label it. We'll see. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I left y'all with, we were at 2008. And I had just entered a relationship with a guy. Um, So what happened was my boss had met this guy online. Right. And I'm and he was dope. Like he was, you know, a hardworking man, a man of God, all this stuff. So I'm like, oh, let me get online a date. Right. And so that's what I did. I joined online to uh, start dating and stuff like that. And. My goodness, y'all. I'm like, I'm finna meet somebody dope like that, you know? <laughs> and so I met this guy. I'm gonna call him Mr. X. I met Mr. X because he had the X about my life. <laughs> and the first day I met him face to face, we talked on the phone a couple of days. And then um, the first day I met him face to face, he had me to meet him at this location. And so when I went to, um, to meet up with him, we was, you know, we was going to walk to the park. And so I noticed where we met it. I'm like, oh, okay. He was like, yeah, this is my son. I was like, oh, you know, I was so crazy then. Cause I'm not thinking like, why you got me meeting your child on the first day we met? My mind wasn't even there. My mind was like, oh, okay. But the baby mother was with the son. And so I'm like, oh, he ain't hiding me already. Like, she see me, you know, whatever, whatever. And so we walk to the park. And y'all, I'm going to give some ugly truth, some truth that make me cringe, okay? But it's my reality. It's my past reality, shall I say that? Hallelujah. And so uh, we walk to the park. And then a couple hours after we getting, we talking and stuff, he telling me all the good stuff, okay? All the stuff I want to hear, he's telling me, honey. And so... We part ways and I go back to my car and I drive off and then we communicate and we like, man, we had such a great time and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I got some stuff to do. I said, but what you doing later? Maybe we can hang back out. And so he like, yeah, you know, let's go to this waterfall. I know what this little spot, this little waterfall spot. Right. And so I'm like, oh, OK, that's dope. Yeah. You know. Why? This is my first day meeting him face to face. Why would I even think that that is okay? Not okay, okay, ladies? Not okay. And so we met back up at the waterfall place. No, we met back up and I drove us to the waterfall place, okay? That, so y'all hear all the problems already, right? Okay, I'm just making sure y'all catching all the red flags. That's what this is going to be called. Red flag, red flag. <laughs> I'm going to change the name a million times, okay? But anyway. So we went to the waterfall thing. And of course, it's nighttime, the waterfall going, um, it's late, it's dark, stuff like that, you know. And my little hormones is, is, is raging and stuff like that. So here's another bad, bad thing. Oh, I took him home. First day, y'all. I ain't even going to lie to y'all. I took him home um, to my condo. 
And I again from the last from episode three, I was telling you all I had only lived in that condo three weeks, right? And I had experienced a lot of death, so I was going through my little lonely stage, whatever. I had a lot of excuses, but it's still no excuse, no excuse. And so we went back to my place and had made uh, sexual intercourse the first night I met him, y'all. Like talking to him on the phone them couple days. No, no. First off, I should have been waiting to marriage, but I know y'all heard that on other stuff on episode three about that, but I should have stayed on the road because I had got on the road where I'm going to wait again. And this was me messing up. Whew. And so, of course, once you do that and you just met somebody, that says a lot about you, whether you want to admit it or not. So for me, looking back at it, that showed that I was easy at the time, that my self-esteem really wasn't where it should have been. Um, man, the list goes on. I was vulnerable. Oh my gosh. Like it just showed way too many things that I am glad today, um, that person doesn't exist anymore. But for anybody out there who's struggling and who gives it up too quick or anything, I'm going to pray for you because I was there. That was me before. And I just want you to know you're valuable, that you're worth the wait. You're worth the wait. Listen, after this experience with this guy for two and a half years, and I'm, I'm going to go back and finish telling the story, but after this guy for two and a half years, I literally had to take a break. And it took me years. Like, I didn't meet my now husband. Until after I had been celibate for nine years, God had some work to do in me. And even after I met my husband, God still had some work to do in me and through me. And he still is working in me and through me today. Um, but I had a serious journey to go on. That that This whole situation I'm telling you about now was one that took me down a road that I can never forget. I have a book out about it called Because I Love Me. Um, the book is nine years old this month. And I am writing, rewriting it to include details that I may not have included it, included in it when I first wrote it. So I'm going to be more vocal, more open. A lot of stuff that y'all get, um, I'm going to be comparing with what I wrote in the book to make sure that I got every single detail in there, whether it's embarrassing or what, no matter what it is, because guess what? It's my past. But it's somebody else's present and they need to know their value, their worth, and they need to be able to have some strength and see that if I did it, they can do it, too. So let's get back to the story. So um, after taking him home that day or whatever, the next day I dropped him back off. Um, Yep. He stayed the night. He had no guy. So, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, he stayed the night and then I dropped him back off the next day. And he told me he had to go to work. Y'all, it's going to be some funny stuff up in here, too. Listen, he told me he had to go to work, right? And now I don't know if anybody know about AJ Wright, but at that time, he told me he worked at AJ Wright. AJ Wright was open. And so he had me to drop him off at work, like literally at AJ Wright, y'all. I dropped him off, and then I went to work. And then, of course, he was like, you know, I want to see you again. You know, woo. Basically, you might as well say he moved in that day because (laughs) he never, like, really went home after that and um he told me he had an apartment I never saw his apartment y'all he was bringing me stuff from AJ Wright 
And one of the times he bought me some underwear from AJ Wright. And it still had the little thing on it. So I was like, you forgot to, you know, y'all forgot, you forgot to have, you know, whoever was the cashier that they took the thing off of it. And so he's like, oh, I'll just take it back to work and get it, you know, take it off. Y'all never saw them underwear again. <laughs> okay. And so come to find out, this dude never worked at AJ Wright. He never worked there. So meaning the stuff he was bringing me, he was stealing. Okay. And on top of all of that, he never had an apartment. Where I saw him at when we first met up, and the reason why I was able to see his son's mother and his son was because he was living, I guess, in the garage or something of his baby mother's mama house. Okay. So his son's grandma house. Okay. And so, yeah. But I never, I never asked to see a work ID, check stub. I never went in the job. I dropped him off and I went to work. I was in grad school for my master's. I was um, working full time as a mental health case manager and part time um, at Asylum. So I wasn't even at home a lot. So I'm like, when did you have time to get lonely? When did you have time to seek out? any of this stuff but our mind we let our mind say and our take over our heart and our heart take over all this other stuff and we begin to make some very crazy decisions and this was a time in my life where I made some decisions that I'm not proud of but I tell my story so it can save somebody else not just women men too okay so to keep going so by now of course he's at my house not a man could cook right so he would always cook and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, you should start a business. You know, AJ Wright had clothes. So that kind of protected him a little bit because when AJ Wright closed down at first, it was like, oh, uh, you know, we closed the store closed or whatever. So I lost my job. So I'm going to be looking for another job. I'm like, okay, well, I'll help you look, you know, and stuff like that. And he would, you know, always have dinner cooked when I came home, stuff like that, right? And so I would take him different places to fill out applications. <laughs> At least I thought that's what he was doing. <laughs> he wouldn't. Then, you know, a couple, a little bit later, he was like, you know, can I just sell some marijuana until I get a job? I don't, you know, I want to be able to help you out. And I was like, oh, you want to help and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of scared because I ain't never dealt with nothing like that. He's like, I ain't going to, you know, do nothing too bad, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay. So I let him start selling marijuana out of my apartment, my condo, okay? No, 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 no. Bad idea, right? And then, remember, I worked full-time, part-time, and I was in school. So I wasn't home a lot. I would come home sometime, y'all. Women would be up in my crib. He had one of his ex-girlfriends in my crib braiding his hair. Now, they wouldn't be in my bed or nothing, but I'm sure he didn't slept with some people in my bed. I'm not even finna sit here and act like he didn't, Okay. Um, he made friends with one of the girls upstairs, but would tell me like, she got a guy and I did see her with this guy. So I'm like, okay, well, she ain't gone. She see that he with me. She know he with me. Me thinking that she knows he with me as a, in a relationship and stuff like that. Come to find out he was telling these women that we were roommates. Basically, he was telling these women that I, he was helping me out. Do y'all hear that? He was telling these women he was helping me out. 
Um, I was in a rental own program and I was trying to close on the condo, you know, and stuff like that. But I had a, a time limit to close on it. And so he got in trouble a couple of times while living with me, y'all. And, you know, got in trouble, got in jail. I got him out like two times. Um, the third time he ended up in jail. Okay. When he ended up in jail this third time. Um, when he was calling me, he like, you know, contact this person. Like he telling me to contact these chicks to help with money to get him out of jail. I was so dumb. I was so lost. I thought I was in love y'all. And you know, I'm willing to do whatever to help him out. And so one girl I called my upstairs neighbor, um, she was like, okay, I'll help with this amount. All right. And so I'm like, okay. And so then she, uh, I think my car was down at the time. And so she had drove me somewhere to pick up some other money. And I was like, dang, we like $300 short still. And I, um, I was like, you know, do you have 300 more? And if you give it to me, I'll pay you that back. You know, I'll get, I'll make sure you get that back. And so she was like, okay. And so she gave, I think it was the other 300. So I think she gave like a total of 700. And I think to get them out was a thousand. Okay. And so my mind ain't thinking like, why would she pay so much? And this is and that. And so her and I got to talking. Of course, we in a vehicle together. And, you know, she like, I'm like, you know, telling her we how long we've been together and this and that. And she like, so you his girl? And I was like, yeah, what did you think? She was like, I thought y'all was just friends. And I'm like, mm. but she never said they slept together or anything like that, right? And so then there was this other chick, um, and this other one, she, uh, she, um, she really wouldn't talk to me and stuff like that because I think she like knew who I was. But he would disappear with her sometimes and make it seem like she was he was hanging with her guy and are oh, we going on a boat trip and this and that. I don't think they was going on no boat trips. I ain't even no boats in the area um, and stuff like that. And when I even think about it, even the more one of the guys that didn't live too far was his uh, became his friend but he would say stuff like man he don't deserve you like he would say this type of stuff to me and me and my dumb mind with you know and i'm you know wasn't going nowhere okay and so when the young lady that lived upstairs from me and i picked him up from jail bailed him out and got him from jail i was like so you told her we ain't together that i know what it is and he was like, uh, you do know what it is. I said, so what is it? We ain't in a relationship because you can leave my house now or whatever. And then, you know, so we arguing in her car and stuff like that. Um, because, like I said, come to find out, he making people think like he helping me or something like that. Or I'm just letting, you know, doing whatever. And it's cool with me that he go and sleep with these people, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. So we get back to the building and she like, y'all calm down, you know, stuff like that. So we go in the apartment. I'm like, you gotta go, you know? And I wish I stuck to my guns, but I didn't. He started crying and I'm gonna confess everything and this, this and that. And so he caught himself confessing to me. Oh, you know, yeah, I slept with this person and, um, that person and, um, you know, I'm like, well, why would you cheat on me? Oh, well, she did this. You know, trying to make me feel bad. You hear me? Trying to make me feel bad. Making it seem like I wasn't adventurous enough in those areas. You know, 
and things like that. And what did I do? I feel bad and kept them, right? Kept them as my whatever at the time. And so um, I called myself forgiving them and this and that. And so after that, you know, we was going back and forth to court. And then um, what happened after that? Yeah, so, you know, he we had got him out on bond or whatever. And so he was, he beat the case. And so I'm like, okay, well, when you get that money back, you got to give her her money. And so when he got the money back, I don't know what he did with y'all. I gave her the 300 because I promised that. That was on me. But the other money, he never gave her. So, of course, they got into it or whatever. And so she kept coming to me about it. And I was like... He he said he gonna give it to you, you know. He's supposed to give it to you because he needed to give me my money and stuff too. But you know, at this time he's still my so-called boyfriend. So at that moment, it's like, you know, I eventually get it from him, whatever. So y'all, he started back selling marijuana and stuff like that, and got into it with some guys around that. And then he was calling himself the mayor of Lance, and this is in Lance, in Illinois. So the cops around there thinking he's some big-time drug dealer, and he was a penny pitcher, okay? And so, now take it. Remember, I was working two jobs and in school, so I'm barely home. Some nights I worked, I worked overnight at the cellar when I worked at the cellar. So oftentimes I was at work, but this particular day, um, especially during the week, this particular day, I'm at home. And it was one of them days where I typically will work overnight, but I was home, y'all. Three, no, four o'clock in the morning. I hear boom at my door. Boom, boom. They were raiding my condo, okay? I jumped up and I ran to the front room and I'm like, I'll unlock the door. They're like, ma'am, get back, get back. Because you could see the hole in the door and I'm like, I'm going to have to pay for it, you know, or whatever. And I still got a scar today from that day. And that was 2009, okay? And so I'm still carrying a scar, what, 13 years later? Um, <clears throat> don't digress, Nina. And so um, they come in. This dude, now they didn't turn the water off. Somebody was like, oh, because usually they do, but they didn't turn the water off. And he had, he didn't have a whole lot of stuff. I think he had like two grams over a misdemeanor. So I think he had like 28 grams um, or something like that. And I think 26 grams is a misdemeanor. You know, anything about 26 grams is a felony. And so he had 28 grams. So take it. He didn't, his name wasn't on nothing. He, you know, wasn't getting no meal at the house or nothing like that. So when they broke in, I was inappropriate as far as my club. So I was embarrassed because I didn't have on anything. And then you got all these police officers running in my place. He grabs his uh, marijuana and throws it out the window. A police standing right outside the bedroom window. And they just pick it up. Like I said, it was 20, 28 grams, I think, or whatever. And so um, they break down the door. They come in. They allow me. They go in the room and give me some of anything. I don't even know what I had on. I don't even know if it's my clothes or his. But uh, they let me throw on something. And they put me in the back of the squad car. Took me to jail. They took him to jail. And they raped, I'm mean, when I say they raided my house, them pictures, I still got them somewhere. But they tore my place apart, my furniture, everything, they tore it apart. 
And so thinking that he was bigger than he was, not realizing that that little stuff he threw out the window was it. But they told my place apart. Um, so I sat in a jail cell for 14 hours. Um, they brought me some food. They actually brought me Burger King. But then all of a sudden, I'm fasting. Lord, I need your help. That's when I want to fast and focus on God. Come on now. But y'all, this ain't even all of it, okay? And so then I, uh, they say he signed something saying that I had nothing to do with it or whatever, whatever. And it was like, come on, we're going to let you see him and we're going to let you go. I was like, oh, my God, because he could have put all of that on me. He could have put all of that on me. And I said, literally, I think God was looking out for me because he didn't really care about me like that. You know, he didn't he didn't love me. And so I was just grateful to God that he didn't sell, you know, sell me out in the wrong way because I wasn't selling. I wasn't, you know, dealing and stuff like that. And he'll tell, he used to tell people all the time, like, man, I'll be at the table bagging up and she'll be at the table with her Bible. <laughs> Reading my Bible, trying to get him to know Jesus. But, and that's another thing, you can't change nobody. You can't change nobody. If a person doesn't change on their own, if a person don't want to be different and, and have a better life themselves, Stop trying. You that's not your job. It's not your job to change nobody. And so anyway, to continue to go on. Um, when I went over there, he was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He crying. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to get you in this. I didn't mean to get you involved in nothing like this. I'm so sorry. You don't deserve this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's finally having an aha moment. Yes, you know. And so I go home and um uh, see, my thing was, he knew he was going to need somebody on the outside. I know that now, right? Like, too late, ain't boo. Um, and so, I was like, okay. Went home, saw that my, oh, my friend, um, my bestie turned cousin, Woodrow, came and got me. Because remember, nobody knew where I was. Nobody heard from me for 14 hours. And so, my mom then was looking for me. It was a no call, no show at work. Like, I had clients that day to go see and, you know, different things. So my whole day was screwed up. And they didn't let me make no phone calls because they didn't have to at that time. And so I'm just sitting in this place where nobody knows where I am, okay? And so then, um, what happened? Yeah, so I, I called Woodrow. And I'm like, Woodrow, I, you know, told him where I was. He was like, oh, wow, Nina Boo, I was on my way to your house. Everybody worried about you. Your mom and them ain't heard from you. Ain't nobody heard from you because he was lived the closest to me. And so I told him where I was. He came, picked me up from police station. When I got home, there was a new door on my door. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get in here? And so my neighbor heard me. And she came out and she's like, oh, you know, the, the person I was going to buy that condo from, of course, I had to get a new door. Gave me the key um, and stuff like that. And so, of course, I had to call him. Of course, I lost the condo. I couldn't purchase or nothing. I had to get out <laughs> within three days. And so, um, so many people came over and helped me. Shout out to all the people who came to help me. My now first lady and pastor <laughs> came out to help me. Um, some of my bros, some of my friends, my family. I mean, people was coming out to help me because they tore the place apart, okay, into bits and pieces. And so, um, uh, I found his phone, 
because, of course, his phone was there. My phone was there. I found his phone, and, oh, my gosh, that's when I really found out he was cheating a lot, okay? A lot. And so um, I moved out. I moved back home my parents at this time, and he's in jail. And so he's fighting the case because now it's a felony. And uh, he started, you know, calling me, sending me letters, this and that. And he used the one thing that he knew would get to me, the Lord, okay? He started acting like he was a praying man now, you know, let me pray. And, I mean, he was on the phone praying with me, reading the Bible. My best friend, who was now my first lady, she was like, mm-hmm. I would go to her like, girl, he really found Jesus. And, you know, he he praying, he reading the Bible. And we talked about this, this and she like, mm-hmm. Talk to me when you get out of jail. And I'm looking down like, he changed, he changed. <laughs> Woo-hoo. So, um, after that, y'all, when he gets out of jail in three months and he gets out on probation because me and his mom and his grandma got him a lawyer. I was really close with his family and things like that. Um, so, we got him a lawyer. And they would, like, try to tell me little stuff. Oh, I forgot to say that. Let me go back real quick. He used to tell me about this goddaughter he had. Kind of found out, y'all, that was his biological daughter. Do you hear me? Yeah, I never met the little girl, but... Um, yeah, I ended up finding out that was his biological daughter. And that his mom had to tell me that, like, girl, that ain't his goddaughter, that's his daughter. I was like, Are you serious? Um, and I thought that was crazy. And that should have told me something too. As much as I love kids and stuff like that, you gonna deny your child? Are you serious? But anyway, let's go back to where I was. I'm gonna try to keep this under 30 minutes, but y'all see how this is. Y'all see how this is going. We almost at 30 minutes already, okay? And so um, he get out of jail in three months. Promised me he ain't gonna um sell drugs. Promised me he gonna go to church. He went to church one Sunday after that. One Sunday. And then he started back being mean. He started back. Um, he wouldn't sell marijuana because we moved with my sister um, in my sister's apartment because my sister was moving out of town. And so I took over her apartment. And so he started hanging out with his so-called cousins come to find out it was women he was cheating with um and since he knew i wasn't finna go for no selling marijuana nowhere he was selling out of one of their places and so i was thought i wasn't seeing him as much and this is still 2009 the end of 2009 um and then 2010 rolling and i'm kind of tired of it. and i'm like lord help me help me help me get out of this situation and i knew i put myself back in it because when he was in jail i should have just left him alone i should have left him alone in the beginning but not to digress um the uh young lady who lived in my bit my building in the condo building she wanted the money back of course she couldn't contact him so she was contacting me you know trying to get the money and i'm like I'm not finna, I just wasn't finna pay what he owed or whatever. I did pay her what I felt like I owed because I did ask her for more. But I wasn't, I couldn't, I wasn't finna pay what the other money he owed. But he wasn't my husband. I wasn't responsible for him. You know, this is the type of stuff that's going on in my mind. But at the same time, I kept taking him back. I kept letting him get back in my life, you know. And when she gave the money... I wasn't even realizing that, you know, this woman who 
like him too, I guess, or whatever. Really, I don't I don't even know all of that situation. I'm not even going to put her in it or any other woman because he was the one responsible for treating me right, not nobody else. You know, they didn't have any obligations to me. He did. So to continue on with it, um, uh, so I just kind of stopped started ignoring her at first I was like man maybe I should get her this money but I just I just I just couldn't um and he kept doing dirt and I'm just like God if you help me get out of this situation I will by this time I didn't moved about three or four times okay from one place to um renting my auntie basement and then now I had an apartment over east no I had apartment west um, y'all, I was dealing with so many issues and I should have told me that this Nina, you got a lot of stuff going wrong in your life. My car kept breaking down. Like I kept, you know, being broke. Like, I mean, it was horrible. Like I'm constantly trying to help him, but any, like when I would take him to court, my car would get told, like I was dealing with some stuff in this so-called relationship. I was so depressed. It was horrible. And so I just kept asking God, help me out, help me out. And I guess God knew, girl, you ain't ready. But when I was ready, listen, and God gave me the way out, I had to stay out. And so one day, September 14, 2010, baby, yes, I remember the date, okay? Um, I called my phone. And nope, so I had to call September 12th or whatever. I called, I not say my phone, but it was his, it was his phone but I was making sure you know I can keep in contact with him so I kept it on and everything and so this particular time I called and this chick answered the phone and I'm like uh why where is my man why are you answering his phone and she's like who is this you mean my man phone I'm like how's your man phone you ain't paying the bill and she like well he in jail because he was um he had gotten to some people um over my son Y'all, I was livid, okay? Okay, we're going to go over 30 minutes. Not over 35 minutes, though, I promise y'all. Um, I was living like, way here in jail for another woman's son. And so, she like, yeah, but I'm going to get him out and come. Oh, yeah, so I saw this this lady, young lady before. I come home one day, and he like, oh, this is my cousin, girlfriend. So, some chicks, honey, they will, if they want this dude. They will lie. They will be okay and comfortable with whatever lie they give you. And so she, I'm like, what? Why do you have this woman in my house? Where's your cousin? Oh, we finna go meet up with him now. Woo, woo, And so he like, I'm finna take, you know, walk out with her to take us to him now. And I'm like, don't play, you know, I got an attitude. Don't play with me. Woo, woo, woo. And so they leave out the house. He leave out and I'm walking with her and stuff. And I'm like. Why did you allow that, Nina? Why didn't you, you know, because I didn't come at her, but I should have been like, no, who are you? Why are you in here? Where is your boyfriend? You know, and I didn't go even go to that that far um, or anything because I could have nipped that in the bud right then and there. And, and you got you. Yeah, no, you can keep it. But he got to go with you. But that was their first time meeting. And so they met on MySpace. <laughs> I don't know if any if you older. You might know about MySpace. That was one of the first uh, social media platforms. And so that's that. So they had been dating for a couple of months because this was a couple of months from that time. And so when she talking to me at the time, I don't know this is her. But then I meet up with her at the she finna, you know, bail him out. I say, you know what? I don't want him. I just want my house keys. 
I said, you can have them. I'm going to bring y'all his clothes. I said, I just want my house keys. Um, I had put a, an additional lock on my door already. So he couldn't already get in the, um, the apartment without me letting him in. He would throw threats at me. Y'all, I tried to break up with him a couple times. Um, one time he tried to, he stole my car keys, tried to hit me with my own car. I didn't want to get nobody involved. I was scared. I ain't going to lie. I was scared and I didn't want to get nobody involved. Um, and I could have and should have. So I just dealt with it, not realizing I was in a domestic violence situation. No, he wasn't tossing me around, but did you just hear what I said? He tried to hit me with my car. He saw all my electronics one time and hid it from me, um, like my computers and my TVs, all that stuff, until I said I'll take them back, you know. And so I was going through some serious emotional abuse and mental abuse. And so I kept, you know, taking them back and telling them, that's okay, I'm sorry, we're just going to work it out. This time I didn't want to. So I had got the bolt lock on the door. And then I had, um, so my cousin came over and my cousin, shout out my cousin, who helped me put the bolt lock on the door one day and so that had already been done and so I still knew that the keys he had would let him in the building so that's why I wanted my keys so I met her up with her first at Markham Courthouse they it was too late for her to get them out though and so he called the phone and he like have you been answering my phone she like no but you got him on speakerphone so I could hear him and I just was quiet and so because I want my house keys and so she had to wait till the next day to get him out but then the other girl that I had saw and Y'all, yeah, so I saw him with multiple chicks. This chick I saw him with, she told me, I mean, they were one person, I'm his cousin's girlfriend. The other one said, Oh, you know, he hang out with my son. And so this one on the phone, she's like, Yeah, I knew about you. She said, And I was going to leave a note on your card letting you know that I was pregnant with twins by him. And I was like, you the one told me you were you were his cousin and he hung with his his male cousin, which was your son. I lied, my son, three years old. Y'all, I was like, I don't even care no more, you know. I did the dummy. And so when we met up at 26 in California, when she was getting him out, I sat in the car and she called me like, he walking out right now. Y'all, when I saw him approach her and they were standing in the grass talking and she was pointing towards my car. I got out of my car. I grabbed his bags because I wasn't finna give him the option to choose me or her. I grabbed his bags of clothes and I took it over there to him. I said, can you give me my keys? And he was like, I don't got your keys. Um, they at her house. I said, I need my keys. And y'all, this dude act a fool on me. He's, you know, tried to act like he was finna hit my, bust, bust one of my windows trying to act like he finna swing on me. I said, try it if you want to. You know, I got, I got irate, okay? Because all of this time, up two and a half years, I didn't deal with you. And you gonna act like this because you finally got caught up and you can't tell me that you ain't lying? Like he could not hide it at this point because we both right there. And so you lucky I brought you your clothes. You know, in my mind, this is the type of stuff I'm saying. So, y'all. He kept calling my phone, acting a fool, calling me all type of names. And, of course, I'm mad, so I'm calling him all type of names and stuff. And so I guess he threw the phone out the window or whatever because he's mad and acting stupid. And so I go to my parents' house. Well, I go home first, and then I finally use a little bit of wisdom, and I went to my parents' house because, um, you know, he was throwing threats at me and stuff. And so I went to my parents' house, and... 
um, stayed the night and I called the police. I tried to, you know, put out a, um, get a restraining order. Y'all, they're going to tell me I couldn't. Oh, it's verbal. Uh, you can't. I was so mad at the police. I was mad at everything and everybody. And so I was like, I'm, I'm going back to my apartment, you know, and stuff like that. And so, um, I go, I go back to my apartment, um, the next day. And what I decided to do is <laughs> another dumb decision. I got one of my ex-boyfriends, uh, who we would go back and forth with, right? I call him to come stay over. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. My mentality was, man, if he do come back here, they going to fight and I'm going to call the police and get him arrested, but at least I won't be alone, you know? So I'm coming up with all these different things in my head. Uh, and yeah, so that's how that relationship ended. Horrible note. And I still, his grandma, his mom and stuff still kept in touch with me for a while. And eventually he met somebody else within the year. Ended up getting married because his grandmother said, yeah, he said he had to hurry up and marry her before we messed it up for him. And so, um, you know, yeah, I was happy for Okay, I don't care. I changed my life. I started my life over. So that was the beginning. That was September. That was the beginning of me starting my life over. Okay. Now, I hit a lot of roads and a lot of bumps along the way. I did. I hit a lot of, lot of bumps along the way. It was hard for me to get over him um, because that was a stronghold. That was um, a spiritual thing. That was very unhealthy. That was demonic. It was so many things wrong with that situation. And so it, it did. It took a long time to get over it. Uh, I had, by November, I was in such a, a stupor that I, thank God, I went on a 40-day fast. November 21st, 2010, I went on a 40-day fast. And that's when my life really began to transform. So, <laughs> red, I told y'all a million red flags tonight. I know I went over 35 minutes too, but I'm not going to go over 40. Okay, I promise, I promise, last promise. This is a real promise. And so, I told y'all a lot of red flags. I told you all um, situations that I don't wish on nobody. Ladies and men, we got to think. We got to use our mind. We got to stop letting our emotions control us or what we think we want and really look at the reality of things. Uh, we can't change people. You can't make somebody do or be what you want them to do or be. You have to allow God to be God in your life and in others. And sometimes you need to use, no, all the time you need to use wisdom. Okay. You need to use wisdom <laughs> in all situations. So I hope something was said tonight to just if you know somebody that needs to hear this, to see that it is, you can get out of a horrible situation. You can start your life over. Um, and so y'all know the the worst parts. And so I'm going to start sharing how I had to transform, how God transformed me. Because I didn't do it. God did it. And so I'm going to start sharing some of that stuff. Um, so, But I wanted to share the ugly. I wanted to keep it real. And I can't believe my phone rang while I'm recording this but that just let me know it's time to go before 40 minutes <laughs> but thank y'all for listening I, I know this was some stuff this was a whole movie so we're gonna we're gonna hit this up again not this but we're gonna move forward now and i'm gonna prove to you 
that not only can you get out of horrible situations, but you could do so much more with your life. I am Nina Motivates. This is the You Can uh, podcast. Um, So I hope you all enjoyed this and I will talk to you all next time. Peace.